Hi, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4. Boy, oh boy, Mom, you sure know how to hydrate a good podcast. Welcome to Hydrate Level 4, a podcast where we take a nostalgic look at movies from different generational perspectives. And I am your host, Peter, an 80s baby. And joining me today are Known and Jessica from Joy Sandwich. How are you guys doing? Hey. Hey, we're doing well, Peter. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. And you guys are also 80s babies. We are indeed. Yes. yes. You are indeed. Er, er, early 80s. Early 80s. Oh, early yeah. 80s. So still 80s nonetheless. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, so, Joy Sandwich, tell the listeners a little bit about uh, your guys' show and uh, what you guys do. Uh, yeah, Joy Sandwich is a podcast about all the things that bring us joy. And so we talk about comic books or movies or, um, you know, TV. photography, TV shows, road trips, photography, exactly. Camping, you know, all these all these things that bring us joy. And uh, yeah, it's fun. It's silly. Yeah. And nostalgia is definitely something that brings us joy. Totally. So. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, you guys are joining me today to uh, to talk about the uh, 1987 comedy adventure, maybe, I guess we can call it that. I mean, it's in the title, right? Uh, uh, the Adventures in Babysitting. Uh, this is directed by Chris Columbus, actually a childhood favorite director of mine. Um, and it stars Elizabeth Shue as Chris, Maya Bruton as Sarah, Keith Coogan as Brad, Anthony Rapp as Daryl, and we'll throw in, how about Penelope Ann Miller as Brenda. Um, but before we do this, the movie came out in 87. Do you guys like movies and music, I imagine? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's, oh, yeah. Let's, let's go over some of the movies that came out around the time of this release. Dirty Dancing. Have you heard of that one? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah! Classic, right. one of my favorites. We, uh, I sort probably, of often, I don't know if um, I watched that right away though. Eighty-seven, I would have been six. Dirty but, Dancing would have been pretty risque. <laughs> <laughs> but what you're forgetting is we often sort of uh, oh, yeah. replicate those dance that moves, dance moves. You know, um, he together. lifts oh. me up all the time in the kitchen. <laughs> yep. You, you know, my wife and I, we do the one where. Uh, I forget the scene, but it's it's kind of like when you shimmy towards one another and then you back up kind of thing. I want to yeah, say it's during yeah. Hunger Eyes, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I the first time I watched that movie was back in two thousand three. Okay. So I came I came into that movie a little bit late, and I remember that because that was also the time that uh, I was in the army and we were gearing up to go overseas. And that, that's actually when, like, I think around the time uh, Bush said, hey, we're invading Iraq. And um, so there's that. And so I remember sitting around and we have the, you know, the shop called the PX where you can go buy stuff. And we would all just buy movies instead of rent them for whatever reason. And I was like, you know what? My, my wife loves Dirty Dancing. I'll check it out. Yeah. And uh, I'm a fan. I like it. I love the music. It's great music. Yeah, it does have great music. How about Born in East L.A.? I did not see Born in East L.A. Oh. I don't think so. That's a film or a song? Uh, both. Okay. Well, yeah. Oh, Born in, yeah. It's uh, Cheech Marin. And he, let me see what happened. Somehow he got, uh, he, so he's from East L.A. He's an American citizen. And somehow, I forget, he ends up in, in Mexico and has a hard time coming back, obviously. And so okay. it, it, it's a comedy about that. And I think Daniel Stern uh, has a small role in it, too. And so I, I remember it being really funny. So I'd be 
uh, really interested in going back to see if it still holds up. But, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cheech Marin. Check that one out. All right. How about Can't Buy Me Love? Of course. Yes. Yes. I do yep. remember that one. Yep. Yep. McDream. I, I forget one. who's in it, but I do remember watching it for sure. Uh, I don't remember the actress's name, but McDreamy is in it. Yeah. Right. Uh, Petra yes. Dempsey. He's the um, pizza delivery guy, right? He is. And I want to say, what about the, the, the little brother? I want to say he's somebody too. That the redhead, uh, little brother of his. Gosh, I can't think it's of been it. so long. Um, gosh, yeah, I, I forget too. I feel like there's a lot of women in it that are recognizable. Like I want to say um, Brooke Shields is in it, but I don't know if it's Brooke Shields. It's, or it's like Christy Alley or something. like. I don't remember. Hmm. Jeez. I don't, Christy Alley. I don't. I don't believe she was in that one. Brooke Shields, uh, Amanda Peterson. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, that, Seth Green. The... Seth Green was in it. Seth Green was Seth, Seth Green, oh, the little so, brother. Uh, there we go. Maybe that's that's who it was. <laughs> I knew it was a redhead. Little uh, redhead kid. Yeah, I I thought it might have been the one who was in. Uh, There's actually one. two redheads. Uh, uh, Courtney Gaines. That's the one I was thinking of. That, that he he's uh, he plays Patrick Dempsey's uh, best friend. And th- that's the scene where, um, where uh, they they threw like a bag of shit on his house, and then like <laughs> uh, Courtney Gaines' character comes running out, and then he ca- he catches Patrick Dempsey because he he was with the popular kids. That that's uh, what that was. Yeah, yeah. And then, okay. How about Monster Squad? Yep, of course. Yeah. I don't remember Monster Squad. I mean, no? it's been it's been so long since I've seen sure. that. It's probably you know been since the '80s since I've seen that. Yeah. It's like Late a, 80s. It's like Goonies mixed with Universal Monsters. Is, is right pretty much what that movie was right yeah um and how about masters of the universe of course yeah dolph lundgren mm-hmm. right yeah yep. <laughs> the, the, the he-man live adaptation that's uh, right and one of my favorites actually la bamba that also came oh out. Yeah, yeah that's classic. La, 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 bamba. that's the <laughs> one a good one. Oh, and robocop that. yeah that was actually our very first episode was robocop so oh so good a lot of great movies yes yeah. 87 right 87 crazy um matter of fact i i didn't say it because uh, i was only trying to stick stick between like a two three month period but um uh, our second review was coming to america which also came out in 87 oh that's so, an amazing movie that's so like good. my favorite comedy of all time yeah that, that boy is good yeah <laughs> so good all right so uh, the number one music at the time is alone by heart Ooh, heart wow yes heart yeah classic, classic. And the song before it, that was number one, was Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody. <laughs> I want to dance with somebody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, we, uh, we should totally karaoke at the end of this one. <laughs> and uh, the, the song that came, uh, the number one song afterwards was uh, Shakedown by uh, Bob Seger you know, from the Beverly Hills Cop 2 mm. movie. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. I was saying to Noon, I was like watching like these movies, they always have the most amazing bands in them and mm-hmm. the, i'm like these kids really know how to get some really good really good uh bands for their parties i don't understand that yeah when we get we'll get to that in, yeah. the, in the movie but oh just a absolutely. lot of great music in the you know in the 80s yeah. 80s film for sure yeah. the, the one that uh, just popped into my head when you said that is uh do you ever watch tough turf no mm-hmm. i don't know what that is that stars james spader and it also okay. has Robert Downey Jr. in it. And oh, wow. uh, James Spader is uh so yeah, it's uh, Tony Stark um when Tony Stark met Ultron, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh There are a James, lot of those. Yeah. Uh James Spader was like a new student 
you know, and he gets mixed up with, uh, you know, the, the bad girl who has, you know, the bad boyfriend and he gets bullied throughout. So it's, um, you know, it wasn't a great movie, but it's a guilty pleasure of mine. And yeah. uh, in there, they go to this party where everyone knows how to do a dance and they have, oh gosh, I forgot the name of the band, but they're an actual band too. But the music is actually uh, really, really good uh, in, in that movie. So if you guys ever see that movie, Tough Turf, and it's spelled the not not the right way too so that's it's like they're trying T-U-F-F. to be cool t-u-f-f turf yeah yeah, yeah. so you'll have <laughs> totally 80s right so you'll have to you have to check that that's out hilarious. if you ever see it okay uh. so um adventures and babysitting what what's your guys's history with the movie is that something that you guys grew up watching yeah i remember watching it i don't i don't think i watched it as many times as known did but i remember loving this movie like just i don't know i just had very fun like when you when you asked like, Oh, what are some movies that you'd be interested in? This was the first thing that came to my mind. Like I was like, I need to rewatch this. So I loved this movie as a kid. Yeah. Um, it Me was too. definitely one of my favorites, but I yeah, it. I watched it probably. I mean, it was right along the line. I mean, I, I, there are a handful of movies I watched over and over and over again as a kid. Willow was one of them. Uh, you know, the breakfast club was one and, and this was kind of right in that mix. Um, I, as Joy Sandwich listeners know, I, I'm real fond of stories that sort of take kids on crazy adventures. And this is exactly what that is. So I was like, you know, it's always sort of like this fantasy of mine. And and the movie itself, you know, is is sort of a fantasy in some ways, but we can get into that. But yeah, I watched it uh, a crap ton. Yeah, I, I did too. I, I think we owned it on VHS and I'm sure I wore it out. You know, that, that, uh, uh, that whole, not stereotype, but you know how we always say, "Oh, that was one of those tapes I wore out." You know that, yeah, that kind of sure. thing. Yeah, it was yeah. definitely one of, one of my favorites. Um, I I don't remember the last time I saw it. To be honest, it, it's been a really long time. And there's some things in here I'm just like, "Wow, that happened." Okay, all right. But uh, <laughs> there's some bizarre things that happen in a you know a Disney. It's a Disney uh, feature, right? Is I it always, really? It's produced by Disney. Yeah. I'm always fascinated by the fact when I'm watching '80s movies, like what things were pg because i think they didn't have pg-13 until much later well this uh, was the first four was this PG this was actually the first uh disney pg-13 oh this, okay. was this is what i read on wikipedia so it mm. might be it might be wrong but because we 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 mentioned the there were or we might have mentioned this before we started recording but there are two f-bombs in the film so that's yeah. what kind of got it the pg-13 yeah, yeah, no, I and I agree with that. I, I think aside from the language, it would have been, uh, you know, a, a PG movie. But yeah, it's 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 a little. Some parts were actually a little bit darker than I remember too. So that yeah. was really interesting. Uh, yeah. so after watching this, I I did very little research, but some of the things that um that I read that I thought was very interesting. But Elizabeth Shue got the role after uh, Michelle Pfeiffer turning it down. Mm. Oh wow! So that would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. I don't know if it would have been the same. Like, I can't even imagine Michelle Pfeiffer in this role. Um, another thing is, like, I associate Elizabeth Shue with one of two, oh, in two movies. This is one of them. And also the other one is Karate Kid, where she plays Allie with an eye. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Because a lot of people, you know, I'm, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. We know this. Oh, do you? Okay, good. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, just love it. And so I have uh, said many a time that Elizabeth Shue is not my Jennifer Parker. I just, as much as I love the movies, I don't like her in that role because I associate her with these other ones. 
And uh-huh. so, uh, and, and also I, I just hate recasts, you know, probably as much as Mike hates kids. So that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I grew up, uh, and you know, the music, the music is, uh, is really good. You know, that's something that we kind of mentioned. One of the songs that I can, um, I, I didn't even know that was in here, but, uh, Give Me Shelter, right? By the Stones. That was, yeah. I, we, we, we rewatched this yesterday and it, it had been probably, you know, maybe five, six years since I seen it. And that, I forgot about that. I forgot. Like it was a strange, it was a strange insertion of <laughs> gimme shelter, which is often sort of overlaid with like, you know, dark, like war films and like, you know, sort of darker material. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, cause we start, you know, the movie opens with this, um, I, I, I forgot poppy. the, you know, real poppy song, you know, uh, how's it go again? Uh, and then he kissed and me. Then he, and then he kissed <laughs> me. Exactly. It's, it's delightful and joyous and sort of, bouncy and then you know in the middle of the movie we get give me shelter which was such a strange thing but yeah yeah it, it good song me. great song yeah great now song. um the the older brother brad right keith coogan uh-huh. uh he is i think the nephew of the guy who played the original uncle fester oh wow <laughs> it's either he's the nephew or the son of uncle fester but uh if you actually look at his imdb kind of looks I like did. uncle fester right now I know. he's got the balding going yeah didn't age well that guy he looks a lot <laughs> older than elizabeth shoe um I, I i don't know their ages to be honest like uh, i wouldn't be surprised if he actually was like her age at the time of the you know the recording but um yeah let, let's get into it uh known you already brought up the this the the opening of the the singing number here this yeah this uh retro pop song here what do you guys think of, about the opening number I loved it. It's it's sort of I mean it does I mean it it I guess it sort of ties into the to ultimately what happens in the end but it's just a sort of fun look at, you know, this this girl who's real excited about this date and then, you know, ultimately is you know sort of let down but like I I just love the song and I I love the idea of someone sort of dancing along and singing in their in their bedroom. It's delightful. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a really good opening. I think it's a great opening. I think it really sets up her character well. Yeah, yeah. There, there's there's a sweetness to it because I like you know as a kid I always thought Elizabeth she was just older. I was really surprised to find out that her character was 17 when we even get to that point. But you're right, 17 year old would totally be doing this in their bedroom. I mean, I'm 32, but I'd, I'd still be doing it in in my bedroom too. But uh, yeah. you know, totally. I, I think it, I think at the time, you know, you could probably see it like, yeah, 17 year olds do this. They they sing in their room and they they sing to their uh, bedposts and things like that. Yeah. But um, but to to crush the opening scene, her boyfriend shows up and cancels on their date. Uh, yeah. Apparently, his little sister is sick and it's contagious. Yes. And I like the sort of like, he just has to say one word, uh, contagious. And then, yeah. you know, I love that actor. I think Bradley Whitford. Yeah. 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 Who he was, was also on Wings, yeah. was it? West Wing. West Wing. Yeah. 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 Right. He, yeah. you know, I, I read a little sort of factoid about he was 28 when he shot this film playing playing a 17 year old or 18 no, year old. He's about, I thought he's supposed or, to be in high. In oh, college. yeah. Two years older. He's supposed to be yeah. two years older. Uh, so he would have been 19, you know, he's playing 20 year old, but, um, I guess, I mean, this is according to Wikipedia, but Chris Columbus, uh, the director convinced him to play the part if he can use his own Camaro and that was his Camaro. Uh, And he in (laughs) fact did have that license plate. So cool. So cool. (laughs) So cool. (laughs) 
Uh, that was a, a pretty cool Camaro. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll give it that. Uh, Chris Columbus, are you guys familiar with uh, any of his other work? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he, yeah. he had a string of uh, writing and directing um, efforts that were just fantastic. I loved, yeah. I loved him. And then, you know, he sort of went off the rails. You definitely see some uh, elements of Home Alone in yes. this. You're yep. like, okay, I can see totally. he's, he's getting the seeds for that one. And Goonies, because he wrote Goonies. Yeah. Right, totally. right. And uh, Nine Months and stuff. Yeah, he, yeah. he was one of, one of my favorites growing up. Yeah, but I, I kind of agree. I, I think the last thing I kind of enjoyed of his was Rent, unless he did other stuff that I didn't know that was even his. Okay. I didn't, didn't, I didn't I, see that one. I, didn't I think see that he one. did Rent. Yeah, the, the yeah, I think musical. you're right. I think you're right. Okay. Uh, Brenda, Penelope, Penelope Ann Miller. Uh, you guys know this actress? Yeah, uh, Penelope Ann Miller, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I I only know her as um, the teacher from Kindergarten Cop. Well, I probably know her in other stuff oh, too. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. I forgot about that. That's the only great, one that pops great up. Great poll. I love that movie. You guys have good memories. I have a horrible <laughs> memory. I'm like, well, I don't know. With a uh, Kindergarten Cop, uh, that was actually filmed in Astoria, Oregon, and that's, that's right. Our 45, maybe two hours away from here. So uh, mm-hmm. not too far. And that's actually where Goonies uh, was filmed as well. A story. Right. Yeah, we've been there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, have you? Yeah. I mean, ah, my sister well, lives go. in Portland and it was one of our early, early stops. <laughs> no kidding. Your sister yeah. lives in Portland. Yeah. Uh, uh, is How old is she? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, she's, hold on. She's six years older than you. Yeah, she's six years older than me. Okay. So she's a 70s baby. Okay, so so I wouldn't know where then because uh you know because you've been up here Portland's not that big and a lot of people you know kind of know each other, and so uh what do you know what uh, high school she went to or did she did she oh, just no, move she, up here okay she moved up there ten years ago but that or fifteen years ago like two, I want to say two thousand adult life yeah two thousand two yeah yeah she was already had already graduated mm-hmm. college went to San Francisco State and stuff like that ah, so okay okay so, well yeah. cool. Uh, do you guys get to go? What do you guys uh, do up here while you've been up here? I know we went up there actually. Uh, last... We were up there last summer, yeah. yeah. And we uh, oh. hung out, and then we drove up to. This was during the Women's World Cup. We drove up to, um, yeah, Van- yeah, British Canada. Columbia for not... the Women's World Cup. <laughs> not Vancouver. No, right. Oh yeah, not Vancouver, Washington. British we, Columbia, yeah. Canada. Right, right across then... the river for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um... but while we were in Portland, yeah, we went on some hikes and yeah. and uh, you know Little ate a lot of great falls. food. Or anything like that? Um, does, I don't does remember. That ring a bell? I, don't, I honestly don't remember. I think. Um, yeah. It was in her Creaky Knees book. <laughs> she has yeah. this hiking guide called Creaky Knees. Creaky so it's for, Knees. For uh, like people that. That, that aren't huge hikers. But it was a good hike. Yeah, it, was it was a really, really yeah. good one. I don't know. I have to ask her. I forget where it was, but we'll ask her. But we love, we love Portland. Uh, yeah. yeah. Great, great, great town. Yeah, it, it was just recently, and I've said this like on I don't know how many different shows now, but uh, Portland was just recently named number one place for food in the country. I think it was. Oh, it doesn't surprise. Yeah. Yeah, we have like food carts up to Yin Yang. Like, like uh-huh. everywhere I go is like a like a community of food carts. So, um, yeah. So yeah, if you guys ever come back in town, let's let's grab some coffee or something. I know. It sounds you know, good. A lot, a lot of coffee around here too. Um, okay, so let's see, Chris is called to go babysit the Andersons. And this is where we meet uh, Sarah, who's this, um, I don't know how she is, like what, like 10 or 12, maybe? Maybe younger than yeah. that? I think, she, yeah. I think she's supposed to be eight, actually. Oh, okay. And I she's think that's what I read. Yeah. Eight years old. Okay. I, yeah, I can see that. Um, 
she is super infatuated with Thor. So I think she started the Marvel trend here. <laughs> I think she's like my kindred spirit. Yeah, you like Thor? <laughs> yeah, well, I just like I just like nerdy things. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a She-Ra costume, so I like She-Ra. But um... well, so interesting thing. I we love that character, Sarah. Um, but another sort of interesting factoid that I read. I don't know if it's true, but I guess uh, in the original script written by David Simpkins, the she was supposed to be obsessed with uh, He-Man and She-Ra. Oh. But Chris Columbus didn't know who these characters were. What? <laughs> which was insane because like at the time, you know, the animated uh, show was still going, you know. They even um, had the movie, the the power of the sword. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And um and as we mentioned, uh Masters of the Universe shortly thereafter. But anyhow, uh so he didn't know these characters, so he he was a big Marvel fan. So he's like, let's make it Thor. So that was Chris <laughs> Columbus's addition. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, very interesting. Um and then okay so so brad is 15 and uh he's got this uh crush on chris and so when chris shows up brad is not smooth at, at all whatsoever <laughs> no he, uh, no he's not um i think he said well he said something and then he goes in, in your eyes and she's like what about them uh, they're just said, well placed or something <laughs> yeah that's exactly what he says yeah I know. I totally didn't buy him. I was very confused. He did definitely look way older than that, right? Than what he was. And then also, I was like, why is he not babysitting? I was so confused by why. And I guess maybe it was because he was supposed to leave or go somewhere else that night. Um, oh, he was supposed and, to spend the night, maybe? Yeah, at his friend's house. At Daryl's house. Sure. Um, it was like kind of a weird... I was like, he's like two years. There's a possibility he's only two or three years younger than her. Well, right? he's 17. a he's a freshman, right? And she's a senior. So she he's like fourteen, yeah. seventeen, and fourteen. He's three years younger. Like I don't know. Yeah. I begged my parents for a babysitter, and they only gave me my my older siblings. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how yeah. they got so lucky. You wanted Elizabeth Shue. I did. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I thought that was really weird and. Like, I, I know she kind of picked up on it, too, that, that he was like, I, I don't know. I thought it was a little creepy, you know, the, how Brad was coming off. But I, I do like the part where he's like, um, I, I like your coat or whatever. It's like, oh, it's my, my grandfather's. He's like, oh, he, he's got great taste. And she goes, he's dead. And she, he just throws the coat. <laughs> I know. That was a great moment. That was a good oh, moment, for sure. They plop oh. it. It was a good sound effect. I wonder if that was, like, improvised or yeah, yeah maybe been. not. Um, did you guys ever see uh, Don't Tell Mom? Wait, Don't Tell Mom the Baby's Baby oh, yes. Dead? He's such yeah. a different character in that movie. Oh, yeah. I was telling Jessica, I was like, oh, yeah. When we were watching it yesterday, I was like, oh, yeah, that's the kid from uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. And he plays sort of like this stoner troublemaker yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. We should, almost... have watched, we should have watched babysitter movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, there you go. And I almost didn't buy him in that role only because of this, you know, and like I'm so used to, you know, like. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've always seen him as this. And then you see him do something completely different. It's like I almost didn't buy it. It's a little over the top. But um, Daryl, Daryl looks like he's 25. <laughs> yeah. Am yeah. I, wrong? That, I mean, he, he's almost that, got I mean, like uh, his yeah. jaws almost defined a little bit, you know, like. But I don't know. I guess kids from the 80s kind of did look a little bit older, though. <laughs> well, I think, you know, uh, and it continues today, but uh, the 80s were no exception. Uh, you know, there are, there's a long history of 20-somethings playing teenagers. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know but 
oh gosh, I I wonder how old the character or the actor was at the at the filming because like you know, hindsight, you, you you know, it's still a fifteen year old. Like you could have got maybe, well, I guess even if it was twenty, he'd probably still look like that. I don't know. It was just really interesting, uh, kind of going back because um, like in comparison, Brad looks younger than Daryl, but they're uh-huh. supposed to be the same age. Yeah. Um, one thing I never caught before, but uh, I thought this was also kind of a nice touch, but Brenda um chris's friend she is actually wearing the same jacket as brad in, in the movie they're wearing that that high school oh yeah letterman's yeah. jacket yeah oh yeah because i was trying to read like what what's the back of brad's jacket said it's like hemingway high or something like that and then yeah. later we keep getting scenes of brenda at the uh, the subway station no the bus station whatever station and she's wearing the, the same jacket so i'm like okay you know, they all go to the same school so that was kind of yeah. a, a nice touch maybe that's where like chris columbus went to i don't know because because he he likes to film right in in chicago uh-huh yeah yeah him, him and actually john hughes likes to work in chicago too so rest in peace yeah yeah oh um we i just uh did my cousin Vinny, and there was like two people that had passed away already in that movie too at least uh, um we, we get it a it sucks getting old it it does and i feel like with celebrities they usually come in threes right isn't that the saying uh, <laughs> I don't know. You, you know, uh, yeah, you usually get like three right, like right close together when when they pass away. You know, I think like when Robin's uh, Robin Williams passed away, I think there was like a uh, like a like a veteran actress, you know, like uh-huh. a really big one that also passed away like shortly after too. And so, yeah, it, it, it's yeah. it's sad, especially when it's like somebody you grew up loving, you know, like Robin Williams. I think that hit the totally. world pretty hard. Yeah, totally, totally sure. All right. Um, so we get a call from Brenda and apparently she ran away from home. Did they ever explain why? She just said, remember, she said her stepmom is horrible and that she wants to kill her. She wants to put, um, spike her tab with Drano, spike her tab with Drano. Classic eighties tab. You got to throw in tab. So I think it was just that she doesn't like her stepmom, that her stepmom's awful. Okay. Yeah. It seems sort of like rash, a rash decision. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, unless I her stepmom, it. I mean, I didn't mind it. The implication is that her stepmom is like, like abusing her or something or, or being real bad. Or maybe she's just being a petulant teenager who just makes rash decisions as we did as teenagers, I guess. I'm going to go with the latter. Yeah, yeah, probably. I think sometimes, though, I mean, I obviously they don't want to go into it that deep because that it's like you're right. That's either it's going to make her look. I don't know. It's not about her, right? right? So it's just enough to get them out of the house, right? Um, and then she says, my dad will kill me if I call him. So obviously she's having some sort of turmoil going on at home. Yeah. So I don't know. I bought it. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, and for no reason, I guess there's a man uh, standing outside that keeps oh flashing God. his handgun under his coat at her. I love that part. Even it's though, really weird. <laughs> because... I feel like actually I love everything about that her her scenes because everything seems so ridiculously comical, right? Like it seems so um, stereotypical of what it feels like to. I, well, I think any when they get downtown, right? Everything that happens to them is this like suburban nightmare, like right the suburban nightmare of what it means to live in a city. So I think it's just. Everything that happens is kind of over the top and ridiculous. And I love that he's smiling. Like, it's almost <laughs> like he's supposed to be a flasher. Right, right. 
Because everything about his, like, he's got the coat, and then he's not even doing anything with the gun. He's just, like, waving it around and smiling at her. It's hilarious. I just want to, real quick, you know, jump off what Jessica said. I, I agree. I like the bus sort of, the bus station or subway station situation is, like, the perfect sort of, like, hyperbolic, you know, like, oh, this is what happens when suburbanites come into the city. And, you know, it's, it's sort of like they're like, this is their, pro- they're projecting, you know, on, on their, you perception, know, of their perception of what the city is. Like in reality, like Brenda's character is probably, you know, maybe not like it's pretty, it's probably not so crazy. Like the guy's probably not waving a gun. He's probably just <laughs> looking at her, but like her perception of it. I mean, that's how I, that's how I, saw the film anyhow like overall like it's sort of like this hyperbolic fantasy story you know about these suburban kids who don't don't really know what the city's all about and you know are experiencing these sort of wacky things yeah 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 i really like that take on it and i agree with that too like i was watching the scene i go okay well it's a kid's movie so they they can't show him flashing them, right? That's just be yeah. really inappropriate. So I, <laughs> yeah. I can see like, you know, just a gun, but it, it is really comical. Like, cause I forgot about that scene. So upon watching it, I'm just like, this is so weird, but it was, uh, you know, yet funny. So, um, so I think that's only it uh, in that scene. Well, actually, no. Do we get the old man too, right outside the booth? Yeah, like she, he, cause she's calling him and she's calling home and there he's like, you know, I want my, um, you're in my Slippers, house. You're or... in my house, and she's like, "You just moved." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she kicks his yeah his bag out with with his uh, old slippers. Poor poor guy, you know. That's, I know. Uh, that's his home. Um, uh, Daryl convinces uh, Chris to to take him along uh, with them to 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 the city, you know, to go pick up uh, Brenda. And uh, we learned that uh, Daryl got his ass kicked uh, the previous summer by Mike for touching his Camaro or allegedly touching his Camaro because he, he said he didn't do it. And right. uh, I like how he's like, oh, his Camaro is so cool, you know, with the yeah. the yeah. whole uh, quotation marks there. Um, what, what do you guys think about this uh, this whole, I guess we can call it a subplot with like um, Chris's character resembling a uh, playmate? Super bizarre, like especially in, uh, you know, a Disney produced film uh, supposedly targeted, you know, this film toward kids, family, you know, families like it's it's strange. It's super strange. I'm not sure why it's necessary completely, but I mean, it doesn't bother me because there has to be some reason why he's I don't know, but I guess he could just be bringing over the Playboy for any reason. Right. Um, But it does seem. But I, you know, rewatching this movie, I do still love it because I love what it meant to me. But there's a the, like the plot and things do not quite flow or mesh together or it, it feels a little bit choppy at times to me with its with its plot devices and ideas and the characters. So it and I don't know if that's just because it's an older film and now I don't know or if it's just because that film in particular maybe I was more forgiving of it you know as a kid because I loved so so many aspects of it and now I've seen more movies and now I know (laughs) what things look like a little bit different but but that whole playboy thing like it seems like even there's there's even one shot in the film like later on where like in the background you sort of like see the and it's sort of 
inconsequential. It's a, you you see the um, Playboy ad like on some like big advertisement on a building or something, and it's just like it's just it's just weird. It's just weird. I mean, yeah. it's it's sort of like this sort of connect you know connecting piece based you know all sort of the impetus is you know this kid's um you know this creepy kid's you know will you know want of getting you know looking at naked women <laughs> but it just feels like a plot, plot device to me because yeah. it's like they've got to pick up they've, they he brings the magazine they've got to pick up another magazine because the other one gets thrown out the window because he has to show him you know, and then also those guys at the party come up and talk to him because she resembles them. So yeah. it just and it doesn't. You're right. It doesn't. It doesn't work. It feels plot devicey, but it doesn't really work as well as I think it could work. I think it could have worked. Yeah. I mean, I think they could have taken advantage of it a little bit more, like or done something with it. Yeah. It, it just it seemed a really interesting choice for it to just be Playboy. You know, um, yeah. because like uh, no, you you keep bringing up that this is like a kind of a, a Disney produced, and I I didn't know that, but uh, Disney also passed on Back to the Future because of a scene where Marty would be kissing his mom. That's yeah. it. Uh... You know, wow. and it's like, yeah. well, you got a little girl with a Playboy sticking out of her backpack like the entire movie, you know, and uh, and then some other stuff that we'll get to uh, when we get to that point, I guess. But yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, Chris is telling a ghost story while while they're driving um, about a man and, you know, a hook for a hand. And then here's one of those plot devices. Right. So the tire blows and uh, she realizes that she forgot her purse, which and now, Jessica, maybe you can speak on this. Do you, do you carry a purse? Yeah. Is it second nature to to kind of grab that one? Oh you no, leave the I house? forget it all the time. <laughs> oh, do you? Okay, so that's totally believable then for you. Yeah, like if I was rushing out, like I feel like she's kind of rushing. Um, I'm sure there's been times when I've totally forgotten my. I mean, yeah. So, um, I that's believe totally believable to me. Also, yeah. Peter, how dare you? Uh, I also carry a purse. As Jessica points out often, uh, like like uh, one of those man purses. Yeah, he calls like a it. A, you know. I call it as a satchel, but Jessica just calls it a purse, and I'm like, all right, I'm fine with that. It's gotten very collective. I mean, what is it? It's just a bag of collected a bag things of stuff <laughs> that we need. Tampons, things like I that. I carry a satchel, but I put mail in it because I I'm a mailman. So oh, there you go. no no shade on on those that carry satchels. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I might have no. I think that was a laptop bag. I'm trying to I'm trying to help you out there. It's okay. Now. You don't have to make me feel any better. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty comfortable. I'm with really it. comfortable with it. Yeah. Do you? Uh, so so do you carry that everywhere you go to? Um, for the most part, yeah. <laughs> for the most part, yeah. <laughs> but he forgets it. He remembers. He you never really forget your wallet though. I'll totally forget stuff all the time. My friend, she leaves her purse in places all the time, like in restaurants. Wow. <laughs> So there's sometimes it's totally believable that it can be she like sometimes yeah. we'll go out to eat and she just keeps it attached to her at all times. Like it's like across her, you know, it's a long strap. So she'll just have and I'm like, you can stay a while. You know, you can take off your purse. She's like, no, I'll forget it. <laughs> See, so, like, sometimes uh, my wife, she she uh, has me hold her purse and I'm OK with that. And uh, I think it's how you hold it, you know, yeah. so I actually grip at like the uh, where the the um, the handles meet the bag not at the very end of of the, of the handle if you know what I, know what I mean so yeah, yeah, I think yeah. if you hold it a certain way it's okay it's okay you you look you don't you look totally fine your masculinity is intact that's right so um we get to meet Mr Pruitt who is a he's got a tow truck and a hook for a hand so how coincidental 
that yeah. he happens to have a hook and they were just talking about a man with yeah. a hook I, yeah it, it's it's silly and funny I, I i like it um and i you know one of the you we sort of mentioned the uh this you know this sort of horror story that chris's character is telling the kids that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie it's it's a movie it's a it's it's a part <laughs> you that, love retelling that line i do i line. it's a part that i i quote all the time to this day you know where she says like a pool of mushy goo. And she says, oh. and and Sarah's character goes, like SpaghettiOs? And she goes, SpaghettiOs with meat. With meat. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. The, I, you know, I liked it. I think it sets up, to me, this is what it sets up, is it sets up their overact. Okay, so there's two things going on, right? Like, I don't know. I do think that they obviously actually get in trouble a little bit, right? But I think sometimes I'm not sure if some of, and this is where a part of me thinks that the script meant to go a little bit was that it was meant to be a little bit more like, is everything happening bad because they overreact and it's in their imagination to overreact mm -hmm. or their imagination just leads them to this. So I feel like this scene sets up this kind of fantasy, like of, of I'm, ex you know, we tell stories and then having him pull it over and it be so ominous and having their reaction, that kind of sets up how they're they're not always judging the situation. But then that's where I'm like, there's some aspects of the thing that just don't quite work as much with that theory. So I don't know. Like, I want to say that it's all partially they wanted. They were thinking about a movie where they were like a bunch of suburban kids that get terrified in the city and everything's not as horrible or maybe is a little bit, but maybe not as horrible as they as they think it is. Um or that it just ends up happening as this like weird, crazy world that that they're entering, like kind of thing. So I feel like it's kind of like this crossover, but yeah. I don't know. No, I I like that. I and even the, like the 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 score during that scene is sort of like ominous, and uh, you know, it's it's all about sort of like playing to the kids' reactions, right? And the reactions are always sort of. Uh, misplaced right you know you they sort of react to his hand and then in the car in the truck they react to you know does he does he have a hand is his hand in the glove compartment you know uh but it's actually a gun and they react to that as well you know um so it's it's sort of yeah it's like this imaginative sort of it's like playing on the kid's imagination for sure yeah i i, I do like the scene um like when the tire blows out i just love how daryl's just laughing his ass <laughs> yeah. off you know, and Sarah thinks it's the coolest thing. And then we get the scene where they're in Mr. Pruitt's tow truck and Daryl's like closing his eyes and, you know, he's reaching for that gun. It's like, what is it? Is it a hand? No, it's a gun. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. uh, so I, I think uh, like Daryl, I I guess I never really thought about him as a character when I was younger. But like now watching it again, I'm like, Daryl is actually kind of a good character. And like not only that, like Mr. Pruitt, I, I really like his character, too. Me too. Yeah. I like him too. I like a lot of these supporting guys. So yeah, it's a it's a really good scene. Um, and then we get a uh, a call on the on the what is it called like a CB radio or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So so Mr. Pruitt gets a call on that, and I didn't know this as a kid, but it's it's Mr. Dawson who who he works for. He owns the the garage. So I didn't know that was Mr. Dawson as a kid. I just thought it was somebody that he knew. Um, and Dawson's like, look, hey, uh, I drove by your house. You're not going to like this, but I saw that guy's car. And so we're like, uh oh, what was going on here? So Mr. Pruitt, you know, yeah, pulls out the gun, goes to his house and has a. Uh, so I guess his wife is having an affair, you know, and, yeah. and, and he knows about it. What I thought was a, a little 
a little weird was that uh, the, the the man that he fights, like he's fighting back. Like usually, I I, I find that affairs like the, if the guy is in your house and then you he knows that you're coming home, he like he would run right. But this guy's like fighting, you know. So yeah. I thought that was really interesting. And then and then the this fight breaks out, and then Mister Pruitt lets off a shot and accidentally hits Chris's car. Now we we got a shattered windshield. Um, yeah. what do you guys think about this about this this scene right here? This this fight and and the the shooting and all that. Like I I kind of forgot a little bit about this to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, it, again, it's 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 another sort of strange. I mean, we have like you know adultery, you know, and yeah. like gun violence, and uh, <laughs> you know, violence. in in a family film, which is such a strange thing. Again, um you know but it's silly like i and i you know we can talk about this later but there's like a tie-in later with pruitt and this this guy again and it's sort of like reminded me of like some of those old cartoons where you see sort of like these characters come in and off screen sort of fighting and sort of tumbling and sort of like this uh you know dust you know whirling dust you know uh like a looney tunes cartoon yeah like a looney tunes type of thing it sort of reminded me of that a little bit I just wonder where he had, when he had time to like take the car back and replace the windshield and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Because well, yeah, because later on we see him at the hospital. You know, so yeah, yeah very very interesting. Um, and in the scene, uh, we also get the part where, where when he pulls up into his own yard, he knocks over the statue that we will later see in Home Alone, um, one and two, I believe. I think both uh, of them had yeah. it. That's yeah. right. I forgot so, about that. It's so funny because I was like, God, that scene seems so familiar. And I was like, I really remember that scene. And now when you said that, I was like, oh, that's where it's from. That's where I remember it from. Yeah. The pizza man even hits it. Yeah. Uh, in, in Home Alone. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. same statue. I'll have to get a screenshot. That, that'd be really cool to see. Yeah. Um, okay. So the kids, they they leave. Uh, you know, it's obviously scary. I'd, I'd leave too. But they get into a car that happens to be joe joe gibb that we meet here is in the middle of uh stealing this car yep and <laughs> you know i i'm gonna kind of jump ahead a little bit but i like joe's character me too yeah, yeah i totally like him he's totally supposed to be likable yeah he's yeah. a sweet-hearted likable uh very charming thief. Yeah. i just don't understand why he thought it would be okay to bring them back to that place though yeah he's like it's, it's totally cool don't don't worry about it yeah i like he's like i just have to make a stop <laughs> yeah that's it, and then then I'll take you home. Like, wow, why, why didn't you take him home first? I mean, he probably had to go like right away. I get that, but you're right. It's just like uh, you're charming, but you're not very bright. Um, <laughs> you know, like he even said that this was like not a good neighborhood. It's like I'm not taking you to no mall, you know, and uh, I'll take you to the chop shop where you know we do illegal things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that'll strange. be okay. Yeah, um, but yeah, I I thought it was. <laughs> Um, Brad's got some balls because it's a very awkward scene where everyone's, you know, quiet and they're staring at these kids that Joe brought and Brad goes down the line introducing himself. He's like, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm Brad Anderson. Nice, nice to meet you. I'm like, what? what is going on here? I know. I love that. Part. Yeah. And why? Yeah. He's giving out, he's it. giving out full names. Yeah. <laughs> like first name and last name of himself and his friend. Yeah. I'm Brad Anderson. I live at. Yeah, exactly. And then, no, oh, he did say that, didn't he? He's like, oh, this, this is my friend, Daryl Cooper Smith or something That's like right. that. I'm like, That's wow. right. Like, I was like, geez. You're just volunteering everyone's information here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, let me see. What else is going on in the chop shop? So 
So uh, this this lead guy, I I don't know the actor. So um, the 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 main baddie here, he's obviously not happy with Joe bringing uh, the people. So he tells Joe to take the kids upstairs, and they got some you know some business to handle before, and then they'll take care of the kids later. So um, I did like this uh, scene as as a kid, and so we got Daryl. He sees a Playboy in the office. He steals it because again, you know, they threw it out the window earlier. And then we get this escape scene where they're all they, they had to climb out of this office uh, up through the ceiling and they're like uh, walking across this you know, beam, you know, uh, like up up in the, the rafters, I, I guess we yeah. can call it. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I like the part where like I think it was Chris who like slides her feet across the beam and like some sand or whatever rust, I don't know, falls into like a cup of coffee. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, if something as fine as sand or whatever that fall that distance, it, it wouldn't have land <laughs> like that. But OK, you know, that that's fine. But did you guys have any thoughts of that? Like as as a kid, did you like the scene or was it like uh, was it intense for you at all? Like, oh, they're going to get caught or. No, I thought it was good. I, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it was definitely um, some tension. I kind of like that they keep shooting back to Joe and he sees it. And, yeah. and so it kind of builds his character a little bit more. And um, I I mean, I think it was ballsy of those kids. Man, I would have been t- I would have been terrified. I'm like, it's OK. I'll just stay here. I'll stay here in this corner. <laughs> just go on without me. Yeah, I, I do like uh, Joe's face because he looks up and he's like, OK, 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 guys, I see you, you know. Uh, get it you know so i don't yeah. know I, I yeah i just just joe like i i don't i don't think i know him from anything else uh i, I looked up his name is like Cal, calvin levels but um yeah he, his name doesn't ring a bell and uh he just um didn't steal the movie for me but he was he definitely stood out you know the, yeah. in this uh in this rewatch uh, totally for me. Yeah. um so the kids escape from the office and uh now they're uh you know they're being chased and we find out that uh, apparently there's some notes uh, that were taken on this, which I I don't I have purchased some Playboys in the past. Um, I wouldn't Peter. write. <laughs> I know I'm I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I I can't imagine defacing. You know, like, right? Like just writing your notes on them, like yeah. You know, I know on the centerfold, no less. Yeah, so I thought that was a little weird. Um, well, you know, they're mixing. They're like, you know, they're busy. They're, they're multitasking. They're like, Let, I need to get some me time in, and I need to work on these like notes. Me so. time. What a what a great <laughs> euphemism that is. Yeah. Me time. <laughs> well, let's let's say he was in in the bathroom stall. Like, well, I need something to write on, and yeah. I happen to have this. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe much better that's than toilet paper. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. It's super weird. So that's why that they end up uh, being chased by these guys is because these apparently these notes would put them away for 20 years. The bad guys. Yeah. So, so um, this is but this is also like the this little thing. I feel like they feel like they're chasing them because they're chasing them. Right. Because they're they're bad guys and they chase other people. But I feel like they're just after the magazine. And if they had just given the magazine, they'd probably be like, who cares? Kind of thing. Like, that's why I think Joe's so flippant about like being like, oh, like, look at them go uh good for them trying to like get you know getting out of here but you know i I feel like so i feel like this is i i like this idea of of that if they just kind of gave them the magazine that it would probably just all go away because there's not there's that tension of like you don't really know is that what what will happen or are they actually in trouble kind of thing yeah that's a good point um 
so I can't tell if it's in their head or it's in our head, like is, you know, or if it's just, yeah. they just need those notes, you know, kind of thing. Well, then, you know, as, as sort of like you, as the story progresses, yeah. you get the sense that like, mm, you know, maybe they've seen their faces and like, you know, it's like, uh, know, at it's this point, you know. Yeah. I, I do wonder, like, let's say that they do give uh, the magazine back. What would they do? I mean, because the 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 two the two main bags, right? We we got the you know the the one that's African American, then we have the, the the white man. Like they didn't seem happy at all. Like even if they got the magazine back, I don't know what they would have done. Uh, to be honest with you, but again, it's one of those things that it's kind of dark and really surprising that Disney, you know, kind of had like a, yeah. a a part in this. Yeah, yeah, the implication could be that they uh, the kids' uh, heads were bashed in, <laughs> you know, Soprano style. Yeah, that's right. With a some <laughs> sort of a some sort of uh, could be car utensil. I don't know <laughs> utensil. I don't know. I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> a car utensil. <laughs> yeah, a car. Yeah, a spoon of some sort. Uh, that's uh, right. You cars. know, that spoon you use with cars. Yeah. Okay, so now we get. Uh, the the scene where they go to a blues club and no one leaves this place without singing the blues. That's right. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys uh, heard Mike's Creed episode, but I made that uh, comparison in like one of the uh, I think it was Rocky Three uh, movie where there was kind of a similar thing, except for there's no nobody singing the blues, but it, it's kind of like Rocky walks into that gym and like all the black guys turn to look at him like. Who's this guy? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's an odd scene. Um <laughs> I like that blues scene. It's it's sort of fun and um you know, a good excuse to to see them sing a silly song. I feel like there's an animal house too scene with that. You know, like there's a lot of scenes where there's been like everyone kind of stop and looks at the the white folk coming in <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> a little bit. Um yeah, I I really I, I thought it was, I was trying to think if I was a little cringy during this scene, but I think it was more so because I'm like, they're like the only white people in this club. And then like, um, even Chris, when she walked in, it's like, I can't sing. Yeah. But she, she gets down and everyone's like, yeah. And like, if you just listen to some of the background dialogue, it's actually pretty funny. Yeah. It is. I like. I mean, it's again. It sort of still plays along with this sort of fantastical element of this movie, and she accepts the premise right away that she has to sing. Right? She doesn't question it. She's like, "What are you talking about?" You know. It's just like, "Okay, I can't sing." <laughs> like, you know, it's interesting. I'll just do it. Yeah, I'll I'm just, just going to do it. And I love how the 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 backup singers, the three the three kids, jump up. They jump on the the. They're doing like a little yeah. bit of a dance. Like they're choreographed. It looks good. Now, uh, okay, so I've I've always kind of had this question: the the whole line, "No one leaves this place without singing the blues." So, is that everybody? I, I don't quite understand. Is that anybody that runs on stage, or is that anybody that walks into the club? I think maybe it's new, new, you know, people that they don't recognize, like new folks. Yeah. Okay, that that makes a lot more sense because I've always kind of like, is it just because they accidentally ran up on stage? You know, but yeah. I, I like that. You know, if it's a if it's a new face that they they're uh, you know they don't recognize, yeah, okay, I, I can I can roll with that. Um, okay, so here's one of my uh, one of the scenes where I kind of raise my eyebrows a little bit. 
but Daryl tries to pick up a prostitute. Oh yeah, that was a little bit. Was that? Um, yeah, that was on the way to the party. Yeah, was that... oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're they're walking, and yeah, they're uh, they see the building up ahead. Again, you know, it I it's it's so bizarre, and uh, I think Daryl is sort of the sociopathic character in this story. <laughs> sociopathic. I mean, I he's he's just sort of like off the wall. Um, you know, and later we see him at the party, sort of like you know macking on this one girl, and he's just sort of a wild card, but. Yeah, super bizarre scene. Totally made me raise my eyebrows as well, Peter. Um, and another interesting factoid, that woman is Chris Columbus's wife, or at least was at the time. Yeah, I hope she wasn't 17. Oh, no. <laughs> she doesn't look... She was I definitely look. not 17. I didn't I didn't think she looked 17 either. So uh, for, you know, for listeners that are kind of wondering what we're talking about here is that um, Daryl is talking to this prostitute, and they, they come up to her and... Uh, and I think she makes the remark, you know, that isn't Daryl too young for you, Chris, you know, that kind of thing. And then she's like, well, no, how, you know, how old are you or something? I don't know. But she's like uh, 17. And then the prostitutes is like, well, I'm 17, too. So I was just like, as a kid, I didn't understand the, the scene. And I'm just like, what's the big deal? She's also 17. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what? But but, uh, you know, I, I guess Chris asked her, like, what are you doing out here? And she says she ran away from home. And then yeah. that kind of made her reminded her of Brenda. Yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious. I mean, because it's another sort of like, you know, suburban view into the city. It was like, oh, no, these kids run away from home and then they're they're going to be prostitutes, you know, and look at how how the city has aged her. You know, it's funny. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. I like that a lot, actually. Um, now, now, no, you you wear glasses. How how bad is your eyesight? Not too bad. Um I, I can do without like, you know, during the day without them. I, I, I mostly wear them for reading, uh, you know, driving at night, certainly. Um, but but you would be able to tell a difference between a rat and a, and a mouse, <laughs> a, a rat and a cat. Yes, I would be able well, to. I I had horrible eyesight and then I got la- um I got laser surgery, but I had horrible eyesight. I think I would be able to tell a difference between a cat a kitten and a rat. But I will say that my eyesight was really bad. Like I would have to be, it was still blurry even, even if it was close to my face. My eyes uh, were pretty bad and I as well, uh, I too got uh, LASIK surgery um, back in 2006, I want to say. So it's been almost 10 years and uh, my eyes are still 2020, uh, luckily, because we, we all know it's not permanent. But uh, but Brenda is walking around without glasses and uh, she's holding this rat and she thinks it's a, it's a little, little <laughs> a kitty cat. <laughs> it is a little bit of a ridiculous because it's true. I think I would hope that I could tell the difference. Let's just say. You'd think, yeah. you'd think she'd like feel that gross rat tail on her arm yeah, or something. You know? For sure. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It doesn't have the, the ears. You know, there's no like, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have the same weight or feel like the legs wouldn't feel the same as a kitten. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's as right. though she's never picked up a, an animal in her life. <laughs> like, oh, a dog! Right? She's never yeah. she's never held a cat before. Exactly. Uh, see, my eyes uh, when I wore when I wore contacts, they were both uh, one eye was a negative four point seven five, and the other one was negative four point two five. Yeah, mine were like negative five something and negative six, and then I also had astigmatism. So like even, you know, like sometimes some people could take, like my dad has bad eyesight. He can take his glasses off 
and he can still bring, you know, something close to his face. But even that was pretty blurry for me because of the stigmatism. So I, this has been eye yeah. talk. It's uh... a, <laughs> I think this is great stuff, you know, uh, bringing it. Uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, it was just, it was also weird because you got these two janitors, I guess, that were, you know, they're, they're walking around with a broom, like looking to kill, kill this rat too. So, uh, yeah, it, it was kind of, it was kind of gross, but uh, I just like how this night is just full of bad luck for, for all of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's good. I like that premise. Now, after that scene, our, our main kids, uh, Chris and all of them, they find themselves in the middle of a Beat It video, but on the train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a or West, Side West Side Story. story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't even think about that. Uh, my next go-to would have been Warriors. Oh, yeah. Totally yeah, Warriors. Like beat it. Especially yeah. with those vests. Those yeah. vests are right up Warriors. Yeah. yeah. I know. That was a funny scene. I like that scene. Um, so in this scene, we get... Uh, it's crazy because... They're they're in the middle of these two rival gangs. Sit down, bitch. Bitch, sit down. Are you gonna let him get away with that? Wait a minute. I was kidding. Uh, that was really rude. Uh, take it back. Apologize. Yeah, right. Stay out of this. He called you a bitch. Brad, shut up. Hey, listen to the bitch, Brad. Watch your mouth. Big city scum sucker. Whoa. You just can't keep your foot out your mouth, can you, boy? Let me help. Don't fuck with the lords of hell. Don't fuck with the babysitter. All right, baby, chill out. Oh, that's a scary gang name. Okay, sure. It's not like the Jets or the Sharks. Lords of Hell. Yeah. Yeah. Chris has the best response. Yeah. That is my favorite. That's my favorite line. Oh, it's line, fun. For great, sure. great line. Hilarious. I like that scene. It's fun. I wonder if that's in AFI's like top quotes ever. You think? <laughs> I'd hope so. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great line. Um, but I do think it's funny because like she's holding. It's it's not even like. It, it it looks like a pocket knife. Like it, it doesn't even look that big. And yeah. she's like uh she's like holding it to them and they're actually pretty scared of her. I, I thought that was kind of funny though. I know. And I love the whole um premise of it falling on his or being he not it being thrown onto um Brad's foot and then them carrying him off and then it's like a little oh, nick right. on his yeah. toe. I love One that. Stitch. And I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One stitch. And I love the whole premise of that hospital scene where the doctor says Oh, he's dead. I feel like it's uh, out of uh, it's where it, you know Arrested Development got that doctor's character, <laughs> uh, where he kept telling all those things like, "Oh, he's dead," or those those kinds of things in Arrested yeah, Development. Yeah, yeah, not the movie. Good uh, reference. It's it's obviously uh, played for laughs, but I feel like in real life names would be news. Like, no, I'm looking for Brad Anderson. You know what I mean? But um, I do like that 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 mix up now. What do you guys think happened with the two gangs when they got uh, when the when the kids got off the train? Do you think they fought or were they like, yo, that babysitter was scary? Yeah, they probably uh, went home to their, you know, um, mother's houses and uh, and, uh, you know, talked about this new gang leader called the babysitter out on the street. <laughs> the babysitter. <laughs> she also sings the blues. That's right. Now, now is it the babysitter or the like T-H-A? Oh, definitely the. 
Duh, D A, duh, duh, baby. Is it duh, babysitter or babysitter? Oh, totally. Sit up. A H. That's right. There we go. I like that. Yeah. They they must have called the truce after that, just in case the kids come back. So, that's right. All right. That's right. I like that. That's our head cannon there. Um, so in the hospital, we, we kind of talked a little bit about it, but uh, knowing you mentioned it earlier too, is uh, we get Mr. Pruitt and and also the um what what is it called the the, the guy that his wife was having an affair lover. with lover the lover yeah. okay yeah, yeah. so lover. we'll call him that I think it's funny when they first got to the hospital he's was it was he with doc he was with cops yeah he was he was with a couple cops uh, when they first got to the hospital and as they were leaving he's free I guess he's not like you know handcuffed or, yeah, or anything that's true. like that. That's true, because yeah. he's chasing after them. Right. And then, yeah, Mr. Pruitt, you know, he kind of saves them. And then we find out that uh, he covered the windshield because that's his fault. So that's that's very nice of him. But they had to come up with $50 for the tire themselves. Like, I don't know why he can just paid for them both because he said he was going to cover them both. I mean, maybe he just doesn't have a lot of money. Yeah. I think he just doesn't have a lot of money. Yeah, I, I, I remember... I question that myself I was like well you said you were gonna pay for the tire but and you also like blew out my window so yeah i thought this was really weird so after the hospital scene they just got chased and well they just got chased but daryl decides to run off to a party where uh knowing you said he was you know macking on this uh young woman and uh chris meets a new guy right george was it george newburn or something like that you guys watch scandal uh, I've seen I've seen a handful of episodes, but yeah, I recognize that actor right away. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, so I I know him from Scandal, but obviously this. So it's funny because when I started watching Scandal and his character uh, became a regular, I was like, I don't buy him at all because like he was in Adventures in Babysitting. Come on, you know. So what one of those things? But this is one of the scenes I I kind of been uh, wanting to get to because we've been we've been established that she's 17 years old and this guy is in college he's been drinking right so she is underage at this older party and they're kind of like flirting yep again though she looks older and i don't know i mean he we know he's in college but do we know maybe it's his first year in college so maybe he's 18 or 19 well they there's a line in there that sort of indicates what what age or what, what level, you know, what class he's in. I, I don't recall the line, but, and then that, at that mm. point she says, oh, I'm a senior in high school, you know. Right, because yeah. he starts off with like, oh, you're a sophomore. No, you're a junior. And she's like a senior in high school. And like, for, yeah. like, I know for me, if I was in his spot at this party and I'm, I'm drinking here and she reveals that she's 17 in high school, I'm like, oh, okay, see you later. I know, it's true. It's totally true. That's a good point. Yeah. But this was the 80s. Maybe it was a different time. <laughs> yeah, I, guess, I guess you're right. We'll, we'll, we'll pin it on that. Uh, hashtag that? it's the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also a world where, uh, you know, to the point about it's the 80s, where uh, we have uh, gay jokes and rape jokes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The uh, In, let see, Phoenix and I, we reviewed... Um, the, the Bill and Ted movies, and I think the first one was 89, second one was either 90 or 91, but they, they dropped some gay slurs in there too, you know, yeah. so, so yeah, 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 you're right, 
Um, but still, I mean, yeah, I, I know she doesn't look 17, but still, like, I don't know. But I mean, a different time. So we'll blame it on the 80s. But That's then fine. again, her boyfriend is a couple years older. Or right. a few years older. So he's supposedly in college and she's in high school. Yeah, her boyfriend works um, for the White House. Yeah, he he works for the West Wing. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> that seems very scandalous. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, things are starting to add up here. I, I think. <laughs> All right. Um, but uh, yeah, we we see he's a, he's a nice guy because we get those two guys who mistake Chris for Shailene, I think it was, the, the centerfold. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if we actually get like a clear enough shot to really see uh, Shailene. Do we know if that's also uh, actually Elizabeth Shue, like posing in those pictures or is, is like it really it is. a lookalike? Yeah. Because I, I think it looks very much like her. It does. I, I think it might be. I, you know, I didn't, we didn't pause during those, yeah. you know, those scenes, but. I am curious, but you know, obviously, like none of the pictures are are actually nude. That they're, yeah. you know, they they look pretty tasteful, and she's like wearing clothes. So, yeah, but, um, yeah. So, so that's pretty much it. We we do find out. He, yeah, he seems to be a nice guy. He's, you know, covering for her. Like, no, that's that's clearly not her. You know, um, and I think that's all we get with this, right? Yeah. Oh wait, no, she asked for fifty bucks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Duh. While they're dancing, like, yeah. um, can I get fifty bucks? Like, what you're. <laughs> This underage seventeen-year-old girl, and now you're asking for. But he's like, no, totally, I, I get it for you. But and, uh, yeah, and Daryl hooks up with the girl. Yeah, all oh, right. One of the one of the guys is a, a girlfriend. They're the the one bow of the guys, hunk. The bow hunk. What what does that the mean? <laughs> the bow hunk. I have no idea what that means, but it's straight out of the eighties. Is that a uh, like a Dukes of Hazard um, reference? Maybe because he's. I don't know which one was bow. Was he the blonde? Do we know? I mean, do you guys I, know? I don't, I don't know. and I don't know if that that doesn't sound like an insult then because you you bow hunk. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. That's, <laughs> so that's they're calling, it, they're trying to insult him. I think but... it's a, a you know sort of like a big dude that maybe doesn't it... doesn't have many brains or something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like uh, like what we would we'd say dumb jock or, or something. I mean, I think that's a yeah bad thing. It's similar. But yeah. Kind of like but that. I'm gonna okay. bring back bow hunk. I'm gonna bring that back. <laughs> I think we should hashtag the hell out of that. Like after this recording, <laughs> yeah. just. We just, hey, Mike, you bow hunk. That's right. Yeah. yeah. He'll We're be done. like, thank you. <laughs> like, uh, question mark? <laughs> um, yeah, that'll be funny. I think we should do that. Uh, okay. So, yeah, he is only able to come up with 45 bucks. And obviously, she's like, hey, anything helps. So, yeah, really nice guy. So, he uh, drops him off at Dawson's. And we get to see a really sexy Vincent D'Onofrio, I must say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He is not Ooh. looking like Fisk at this moment in his life. <laughs> no, no, and not even uh, Gomer Pyle, you know, uh, which was just, well, I guess it was about what? N well, not quite 10 years um, since that movie. When when did Full Metal Jacket come out? Was that uh, early 80s, like 80, 81 or something like that? I think it was early 80s. Gosh, it's been so long. I don't recall. Yeah. But Okay, so, yeah. so less than 10 years. So he's he's toned up. Yeah, he's like that's the best I've ever seen him. His muscles are all glistening. He, his Baby hair oil. is amazing. His hair Dude. was pretty amazing. <laughs> I was going to ask you, is that real? <laughs> no it is way. certainly not real. Okay, it looked like okay. a it looked like it's doll too hair. Too blonde, too blonde. Yeah, kind of curly and stuff. But uh, it was a good look for him for sure. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely good luck. <laughs> so, uh, so we uh, we we meet him. He's Dawson. He owns a garage, and. Uh, 
the, the the one thing though before we go further but i thought it was weird that um so dan is, is that guy that she just met at the party i don't yeah. i don't know if he mentions his name i, I got it all, out of the credits but uh he he uh offers to stay with her to make sure everything goes okay but she's like no no don't worry about it just go you have a car right there <laughs> right like you didn't see anybody in the garage i mean i know you saw your car but like what if you can't find the keys i mean you just you just don't know i mean i i guess dawson was probably expecting them but i i'm just like sure yeah. shoe off the only guy that you know could you know protect you and have a car right there if you need to go and she's like no it's okay i i got this go so i'm just like yeah yeah it was con i think it was just convenient for oh. what needed to happen in the story well let's say dan's not going to be protecting her for anything okay he's pretty much the same size as brad <laughs> so <laughs> I think maybe he's a little bit taller. I think if anything, I would just not shoo him away for the car. Maybe Dawson's garage isn't in a bad part of town. You know? I know. It, so, it is silly to have him go away for sure. Yeah. So if it wasn't clear, he comes. How Wait, how did he appear? Did he come down like of uh, uh, some kind of lift? Yeah. You know that? Yeah. The, the, the lift that usually lifts cars. So he came down on this <laughs> lift holding a sledgehammer. You know, with the with the same color schemes of uh, that of Thor's uh, costume. So Sarah immediately thinks he's Thor. You know, he's got the long golden locks, you know. Um, so Chris only having forty five dollars, five dollars short. He will not give her the car back. So yeah. Sarah tries her darnest to like say, hey, well, you're Thor. You do right and you help people and stuff. So this is kind of a sweet scene. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I thought it was cute. He does He does sort of turn on a dime, though. He's like, in one moment, he's like, no, you stupid kids. You know, like, yeah. I need my $5. And then, you know, it just takes sort of a line from Sarah, which was sweet. I, I agree. Um, and then he's like, all right, get out of here. Well, because she's going to give him something. I know. She was giving him something. That's and true. then she called him her hero. I know. I think it's that very did. sweet. That's what that's what did it. It was, it was calling somebody a hero. Yeah, you know, he probably doesn't get that often at all. But you know what, though? Now that I think about it, I think a little bit of his dialogue, he was like, look, we're in the city. Look out for myself or, or something like that. Right. Yeah. Right. But but it was nice that uh, he did say, hey, you know, he, he gave her a helmet back. It's like, I, I got one of these at home. Yeah. So, yeah. That was but you're nice. right. It, but yeah, you're, you're right. It was, it was a complete 180. Like, mm, OK. All right. We'll, we'll go with mm -hmm. it. So uh, so they get their car. And then uh, they take off and Joe and the bad guys have been staking out the place because Joe knew where they needed to go. Right. Mr. Dawson's. So uh, so we get that and we get a, a short scene of Brenda stealing her glasses back uh, from the lady who was asleep. And I think that was it, actually. Like she just stole her glasses back and that was it. So it's just like, hey, you guys remember Brenda? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So Chris and them, they're driving. And then uh, they they pass, or I guess they're right by the restaurant that uh, Mike was supposed to take her. And I think it's Daryl that notices uh, Mike's uh, Camaro. And they then, you know, the we car. see the license plate and stuff, too, at this restaurant. Um, There's a, which I thought, you know, was a good scene. I, I just can't believe in the scene that Sarah runs away. What the hell? I'm sorry. I I would maybe grab the desserts, but I don't think I would go to the toy store outside. It seems terrifying. Not with yeah. everything that's been going on, too. Yeah. 
I think, yeah, I, I, I think that kid, I mean, she's eight. She does seem to have, like, no fear. And, yeah, it's and true. It's a little bit hard to believe, but, you know, she's also, like, you know, obsessed with Thor and thinks Thor is a, a real person. <laughs> so you're saying she's delusional? <laughs> she might be a little delusional. <laughs> Hey, yeah. when I was eight, I wanted to be a horse. So. That's true. I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle, I, I think. But I still was afraid of things. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what I wanted to be at eight. I probably just watched a lot of movies. Let me see. Uh, that would have put, let me see, 91. Ninja Turtles was was, was hot at that time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, known my, my uncle was actually an extra in the third Ninja Turtles that uh, was filmed here in Oregon. What? Oh, wow. That's cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah, he used to bring back home pictures of them, like just behind the scenes, you know, sitting around, and uh, he he would bring me like toys, you know, of, of the turtles. So yeah, it was, was kind of cool. That's and true. now you don't see him in the movie, but I remember like as I got older, I'm like, okay, they, they were lying to me. But I was watching the movie, and they'd be like, oh, that's him right there, and <laughs> it, it would be like a shot of the the villagers like just walking. It, it'd just be uh-huh. like um like uh you know where you just get like one. Uh, still shot and then like you see a bunch of feet just walking I'm like that's my foot yeah. and i'm like oh, wow so cool so <laughs> that is cool i was pretty that's gullible funny. as a kid but now, now i'm like okay they were just you know they, we probably didn't see them at all but you know anyway, <laughs> thought that was kind of funny. um so um yeah this the scene in in in, in the restaurant uh, sarah took off on her own which stupid stupid child like you don't know what's going to happen you're basically downtown chicago we're, we're assuming here but um the scene you know chris she she confronts mike you know because he's there with uh with another girl we do we know if she's also in high school like I mean, they clearly know each other yeah she's a sleaze she's a sleaze is what chris calls her but <laughs> i'm also yeah. bringing that word back sleaze <laughs> sleaze <laughs> Hussy. Hussy. Did you yeah. say hussy? No, I know. Uh, yeah. Hussy's an older word. Yeah. We should bring yeah. that back too. Totally. <laughs> no, I think we, I think the implication is that she, she knows her. So she's got to be in high school and that she has this reputation of being a sleaze. Yeah. That's all. We do find out. And this line completely went over my head as a kid. But uh, um, Brad does what he did on, on the train. And I, Daryl too, he's like, here we go again. You know, and uh, so he's trying to defend her honor yet again, Brad, that is. And then Mike says, um, he, he's like, you can have her. Her legs are locked together at the knees. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like, I obviously didn't catch that as a kid. And I'm like, did he really just say that? Like, look, she's a prude. Like, you you can have her because she's not easy like the sleaze over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what a sort of a, a descriptive graphic way to put it. Right. Like yeah. it's such a it's such a creepy line. Yeah. It's pretty common to hear that line, though. Is it? I mean, locked at the knees. Did you hear like, that I, a lot? I, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard weak in the knees. I mean. yeah, yeah, but right? I feel like that was a euphemism. I, don't, I, I feel like I mean, he could have been cruder. Right. I yeah. Mean, but I mean, it's a euphemism for like, yeah, yeah. it's an older euphemism. I just feel like it would have been less uh, less crude or graphic if he just called her a prude. Yeah. You know? I mean, I I don't know what what was the what what was the target audience? You, you know, I I don't know. It's PG thirteen. You got these uh, language in here, and then you got this. I mean, I guess it can still kind of be borderline kids movie, but yeah, it's just it was really weird. And I just he was supposed to be a douche, right? Yep. Yeah, he definitely comes across as it. 
But like everything, like I said, I enjoy this movie, but it it everything feels sometimes a little bit plot devicey. Like it's trying to get us to the next part, or like it doesn't quite always feel be- like believable or it seems rushed or something like that or it doesn't feel like the scene completes itself completely i don't know something something's a little bit missing with like the transitions or something for me yeah you gotta stay out of the city because we already had mr pruitt being cheated on yeah now chris is being cheated on in the city yeah. and um yeah what what is going on and i just felt so bad for chris because like they're in the middle of a restaurant she already got everyone to stop like what they're doing like oh what's going on over there you know um yeah oh gosh and like well you know i feel like he made a knock on her being young as well so i wonder i wonder if the other girl is like slightly older too but i mean like do you see the earrings that she had on (laughs) (laughs) what a sleaze yeah sleazy earrings (laughs) there you go there you go yeah yeah he's clearly her sugar daddy of some sort Mm. but gosh um yeah, so so Sarah takes off and the, the bad guys, you know, they find her and then they chase her over to, I guess, her dad's building because that's, you know, like, I, I'm sure that Brad and Sarah have been there before. So if you feel you're endangered, I feel kids would usually go to somewhere that they're familiar with, you know, so yeah. she goes over there. And now here's something that I've always kind of like scratched my head on. And I did it again during this review, but... When she goes into the elevator, there's like two buttons with like lemons on them. They're like chocolate. It's with chocolate. Oh, okay. Well, what is it? Do you guys know because what that she had, is? Because she had that chocolate. She was eating, she that, was chocolate eating that chocolate thing, donut that thing. chocolate donut thing or eclair that she had at the French restaurant. And then she dropped it and ran, but she still had chocolate, still on, chocolate her hands, on her hands because yeah. kids get chocolate on their hands, apparently. <laughs> so, so are you saying on the buttons, they're like smears? Of yes. Like, yeah. can't... Two chocolate oh my... smears. I always yeah. thought that they were just like some kind of sticker on the button. Uh-huh. 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 So... I yeah, need yeah. to see like a Blu-ray version or something like that because like, the, <laughs> the DVD stuff is, isn't cutting it. But um, wow, that well that changes a lot because now that makes more sense. Uh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm just like, why are there two random floors with like stickers of lemons? I just don't get on why them? there's. I mean, I see that she pushed two, but I was confused as to which level she actually went to because I feel like when um, Chris gets in the elevator, she goes let's try 42 first or something like that. And I'm like, well, that's the higher one. That's the one she's on because when she gets out the window, she goes down and her parents are obviously on 38. Cause they, you know, so I was confused as to why then they ended up. No, I don't she know. goes, she goes, 42 is where the party is. 44 is where like I thought the it was 38 and 42. Uh-uh. It's 42 oh. and 44. Oh, yeah. I see. I missed that. <laughs> yeah. Four floors would be a lot to drop down from. And why the hell did she jump out? Why the, climb out? Why I mean, did she go out there? That insane. seems like a horrible like, idea. What an insane child. I would rather kind of risk what the bad guys would do to me than to climb out of a 30. What do you say? 44th floor. Yeah. 44th floor. That's not, I mean, I wouldn't even get out the window if it was like the second floor. Totally. Like, <laughs> seriously, like, what is going on? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a like it's almost like um, they had like a division for the cover, the the movie poster, and like, oh, we got to have a scene where someone's climbing out the window. Uh, you're right. I forgot about the poster. Were they're actually all outside of that uh, I building? I do love that poster. It's yeah, a great I poster. I do love that poster. Great poster. It's 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 sort of. I love post. I love posters around that time, the '80s. They had that. I mean, it, it's similar to Goonies, right? Where we have like 
You yes. know, they're all kind of climbing up this rope or hanging from this rope. Yeah, dangling. Yeah, from from the cliff. Yeah, it's uh, they don't make posters like they used to. Now they have like, you know, like uh, Steve Carell wearing a T-shirt or well, not a T-shirt, a polo shirt. You know, on the cover box, not as sexy. You know, like yeah, uh, you know, yeah. They watch, need to bring that yeah. back. Yeah, watch Valentine's Day. Look at all these, you know, faces on this poster. There's forty two faces. Well, <laughs> yeah. oh, don't forget here. the hearts. They got some hearts on there too. That's so. right. That's right. Um, yeah, this uh. So the, one of the scenes that well, one of the parts that bothered me is like the, the 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 main bad guy. He's on the the floor where the parents are, and he sees Sarah like outside the window, and at the same time Chris is on that floor and she's like trying to like tie a cord around his feet that he doesn't feel, but he sees Sarah out the window, and the Anderson parents they're talking to the man like asking about the cater and stuff like that. And like he's clearly looking at something outside the window, and and he's not responding to their question. And they're like, "Hello," like you know, like he's looking at something. Usually, people would turn. So I I thought that was a little weird. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. I, again, all of the Home Alone though, the cord around the ankle, you know, like you, know, you can see like little tricks they're trying to do for like these guys that are kind of they're bad guys and they're a pair. So I definitely see the those seeds of the Home Alone movie movies coming coming through on this movie. I wonder how, I mean, I'm, I'm sure this would change a lot, but what if these bad guys were a little bit more like Marvin Harry? Yeah. You know? I feel like, well, like, yeah. yeah, I mean. That'd be fun. Yeah. I think it would have had to be probably a little bit more around them, but I don't think that would have been a bad idea. Like, I think they were starting to do some of that stuff, but they didn't want to invest as much time in. Like, I wonder how many scenes were deleted oh, that maybe yeah, had more, really good. kind of more development. I don't know. Well, next year uh, will be its 30, 30th anniversary. So I wonder if they'll do like a like a Blu-ray special edition. Yeah, I would I would love to read up or even watch like some some of the deleted scenes. It'd be very yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. Let's see. So so Joe saves the day again. I, I really like this because, uh, you know, the the African-American bad guy, he's outside the window. He's stuck. You know, he can't climb up and uh, they look at the window. He looks like he's like, help. And Joe's like, yeah, let's just uh, let's just leave him out there. Joe's just, just a really cool guy. Like, yeah. I don't know, like uh, he's got this vibe about him. Just a really cool cat, you know? Yeah, yeah I, we like him, too. I, although, again, like that scene I commented, I was like, they're kind of like laughing and they're leaving this guy out there with. I mean, like, again, like on the 44th floor outside of a building, like it's terrifying. Like that guy is probably dead. Yeah, he he could still be out there. We don't know that. Yeah, that's right. He'd he still be out there. Um, and this this scene kind of made me like, oh, here we go again, kind of thing. But Joe does say, hey, look, th- this is why you guys been chased the entire time. If Daryl just didn't steal it, and I do like the they, they do show Brad look at Daryl too. You know, yeah. once that was revealed, um, you know, so like, hey, this is what they wanted, right? And then. And then uh, he looks at the the picture and looks at Chris. Chris is like, don't even say it. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, he just he smirks and he's like, um, gosh, I, I should have wrote it down. But uh, he says something to the effect of like, she's you know not as pretty as you or, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and, exactly. And I, I thought that was kind kind of nice too. Like, okay, more yeah. more love for Joe, you know. And but it made me kind of like, oh, she's seventeen, guys. Come on, she's seventeen. Yeah. Uh, Maybe well, Joe doesn't know that. So, but it's sweet. I think he it says it in a very sweet way. That's that's kind of like, um, you know, yeah, that you're you look different than her. 
you know, kind of thing. I, I mean, hopefully if anything, hopefully it's not a bit, hopefully there's not a little bit of a, I mean, I think they tried it. We're trying to shame her a little bit in for being too prude. And then she's also looks just like this playboy model. Uh. But, um, but this idea of hopefully they're not slut shaming the other woman. <laughs> Well, clearly, be sad, every, yeah, but, it would be that would not be good. But I, th- but I think that you know that they're trying to say like you know she doesn't hold a candle to you. You know, I think it was sweet. It yeah, was sweet. yeah, it was sweet. Clearly, everyone uh, reads Playboy. Everyone reads Playboy at this right. time, like everyone. Yeah, and there's those big billboards of Playboy and stuff it's like hilarious. that. Yeah, I didn't realize that, but yeah, everyone and their mom has seen this Playboy. You know, this <laughs> this one special uh, issue. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, Joe saves them, and then like the the main bad guy comes. Joe knocks him out and uh, you know, th- leaves leaves the uh, Playboy behind, so that way he can get locked up for at least twenty years. And then we get the a cleaning montage, right? Because we're in the eighties. Uh, how do we yeah. get this far without one? Well, is, is what <laughs> I want to know. Yeah, you know, uh, I I did a movie recently. I, I forget which one, but there was a montage like, uh, oh, it was um, High Spirits. You guys remember that with like Steve Gutenberg and which one? Uh, High Spirits. Oh, I don't think I saw that, but I love the Goots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Liam Neeson has a small role before before he started like uh, taking on. Yeah, yeah. He he plays a he plays a ghost. Uh, Daryl <laughs> Hannah is his uh, wife, who's a ghost, and uh, Beverly D'Angelo is uh, the Goots' wife. Oh wow! Really nice. kooky uh, movie from the eighties. I want to say eighty eight. Uh, just just a quick, uh, brief storyline here. Um, Peter O'Toole owns this castle in Ireland, I believe it was. And uh, in order to keep it, he wants to turn it into a haunted castle. And so him and his staff, they put on like this show to scare like the visitors. But then real ghosts come out. Oh, uh, okay. classic hijinks. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's what it was. But 10 minutes into that movie, boom, montage. <laughs> Cleaning montage. Yeah, so this one. like Cleaning the last... of the old castle. Yeah, well, no, like uh, putting together like all their their tricks and and and, oh. and uh, you know staging of these ghoulish you know things, but yeah. um yeah, but this one yeah we get a cleaning montage. I I was really looking to see if uh, Chris was going to do a little wax on wax off on the on the <laughs> counter, you know, a little <laughs> nod, but no, nope, we didn't get it. But um yeah, she finishes up finishes up cleaning in the nick of time while the parents come out, but. Um, what do you guys think of this ending here, uh, where Dan shows up with Sarah skates, which, uh, I forgot to mention Sarah's skates went missing and she didn't know where uh, it obviously brings Dan back, which is sweet, but Chris is, you know, getting ready to leave the house. This is after 1am in the morning. What if Chris wasn't even there? You know, I, I don't think Dan saw her car. Like, was he going to knock on the door at like one thirty, maybe 2am in the morning? He was parked behind her car because she's, she's leaving their house, right? So she's she's leaving. But it's true. There's no way that he could have known that she would have still been there or that. But maybe he was just bringing back the skate. He wasn't really coming back for her. I mean, it was just a bonus. But it does seem weird. Why didn't he just wait till the next day? See, because if it was just a skate, like, how did you get my eight-year-old daughter's skate? It's true. The next day, it would be super creepy. Like, okay, well, what are you doing with this? Like, how? Why was my yeah. daughter in your car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would, yeah, a lot of questions. So it's actually maybe it's good he came back. He, I, if I were him, I would have just thrown it on the lawn and driven away. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, like like, like Paperboy, that that old video game. That's right. But I felt like maybe her, well, her address was definitely on there. Maybe like the number, like he should have just called the next day. Like, hey, it's uh, it's Chris there, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah, but yeah. no, it, it's fine. It's it's sweet, and then we get a, a very nice bookend to uh to our our favorite song here, uh, and then he kissed me. Yeah, yep. I yep. know. <laughs> and then he kissed me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So yeah, th- th- this was a a lot of fun. Um. On this show, we we do like a, a little rating of five. I'll I'll go first uh, with this. Um, this movie is still fun. I forgot a lot of the things that happened, but it's it did, you know, like like the show. We we like to take a nostalgic trip, you know, while watching these old movies, and it definitely did that for me. It, it brought back a lot of old feels. Like, man, this this movie was fun, you know. Aside from like Chris being seventeen, I I can get over that. Um, I would like to revisit this a little bit more often than uh, I've had because I think it still holds up, and. I think I'm gonna go high with this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a, like a solid four. Uh, is is a childhood classic, and I I thought that I would rate it a little bit higher. Gosh, maybe you know what? That sounds like too low to to be honest. Now, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna go four and quarter. I, I'm gonna give it that. Uh, yeah, I I can't wait for. I don't know if there's plans for it to be on Blu-ray, uh, but I would like to own this movie. Uh, it's, yeah. it's definitely a favorite favorite of mine. Did you guys ever watch The Sitter, or was it called The Sitter or the, mm. or the Babysitter with Jonah Hill? Uh, no, we didn't mm. see it because I heard it was not very good. It wasn't, and you know, I think it was supposed to be like Raven Simone at one point. You know, uh, like a, a remake of it. But there's still some similar things to it, and uh, Sam Rockwell is in it, and I think. It's worth a watch just for him because it's Sam Rockwell. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. So what do what would uh, you guys? As far think? as uh, my rating, um, I you know it, it, this movie I uh, I love and I, I you know I watched I mentioned I watched a ton as a kid and so it holds a lot of that nostalgic value. But even watching it you know just yesterday for you know for this show it's. Uh, it holds up, like you said, Peter, and I, I love that it sort of sweeps you up in this sort of crazy adventure, and you know, it's the it's the type of silly adventure that you want to kind of have as a kid, you know, um, experience these things that you know you perhaps never get to experience, you know, uh, sort of running from villains and 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 um, you know, looking at Playboy and stuff like that. Uh, just kidding. Um, but as far as my rating goes, I would probably give it a, a four and a quarter or four and a half would probably be my. It, it, it's definitely up there. It's one of my favorite 80s comedies for, for sure. I think um, my, yes, I love this movie in a lot of ways. And I feel like it's, um, it does still hold up in, in some like some aspects, like I think some of the aspects of it are just hilarious. Um, I probably, I think nostalgia wise, I would give it in the fours, but I think as a film watching it now, I'd probably give it three and three quarters. So 3.75, because I just do think that there's some really choppy transitions. And, and sometimes I think scenes are either kind of don't quite pay off the way I want them to. And I think I was a little bit more forgiving of those as a kid, but I do, I still 
like I still can't help like if I had watched this movie for the first time and never watched it as a kid I would probably give it in the threes but because I watched it as a kid I still want to give it a four <laughs> yeah. four or higher because I still have those those like that love for it like I still have and I do love a lot of aspects of it um but I think that I do think that some of other you know Chris Columbus's others I think Goonies and Home Alone hold up a lot better than this film you know um they seem a little bit tighter. The characterization's a little bit better and transitions are a little bit better. All yeah. the things pay off a little bit better for me. I agree with that. Um, but I still, I do still like, so it's kind of an interesting thing. Like this, this podcast is so, I really love it. Cause it's, it's, you know, this idea of nostalgia and looking back at things. Um, and there's this idea of, I want to almost show sometimes, like if we have kids, I really want to show them certain movies when they're kids of that I loved as a kid because I feel like otherwise there's no other reason I want them to have those memories that I have of those or enjoy it in the way that I loved it then at that moment, at that age, you know, kind of thing. So I like talking yeah. about it and thinking about it and looking back at it and loving it for that, for that reason and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. And I, I love how you did kind of split up the, the ratings because I, I would probably be in that same boat. I'd probably give it like a three and a half, like an overall movie. Like it's it's a fun average movie if it was your first time. Like, we you know, Jessica, you talked about it. There's a lot of plot devices, like just to move the story forward. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense, but sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, obviously not a whole lot of realism, but not a lot of 80s uh, movies were. And uh, yeah, it's still extremely fun. I, I would be curious to see like what Phoenix would think about it. But um, d doing this for like a little over a year and a half, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was just like, yeah, not my thing. Because when we did Three Amigos, he wasn't a big fan of it. What? I know it's... Yeah. So I was very surprised. But you know what, though? Look, uh, when I watched it for, for our review, I was kind of like, you know what? Some of the jokes weren't as funny anymore. Like, yeah. I still love the buttercup scene, but like uh, in the plethora talk, you know, I still loved yeah. all those. But yeah. like, yeah, so, some of it, I'm just all like, mm, not as funny as I remember. And, yeah. you know, because I think I was going into thinking like, oh, yeah, this is going to be like easy four and a half. I really don't remember what I gave it. I, I was probably very generous just because I was like, well, it was still one of my favorites. So I'm going to give it a high rating kind of thing. Yeah. So. But I was surprised that he didn't really care for Three Amigos at all. So, so yeah. So it it, it is very interesting to always like introduce um, a younger generation. Like, what do you guys think of this movie? Because I totally loved it as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally sure. interesting. Cool. So why don't you uh, tell the listeners again, like, uh, you know, where they can check out your show, and maybe each of you give a uh, a recommendation of an episode for listeners to check out if they've never heard Joy Sandwich before. Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, we're on Twitter at joy sandwich and, um, we actually just, I just moved our, our site joy sandwich.com over to a Tumblr account. So we're at joy sandwich dot 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 com. And, uh, an episode that I would recommend. Mm, I, I like the, I like our road trips episode. I think that's fun. Um, if you're sort of into travel and adventure, you know, on the road, uh, I think that's, that's a good one. Gosh. Um, I definitely, uh, enjoy our childhood stories episode. I think it was a while back, oh, yeah. but then I think honestly, 
I I'm I haven't really re-listened to I haven't really re-listened to them, but I'm Again, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun, a lot of fun recording the drinking episode just recently. Oh, Maybe yeah. that's because I was uh, losing in the um, drinking game, so <laughs> I was a little bit intoxicated during the second half of it. It's our longest episode, and it looks daunting because it's two hours, but you can fast forward through some parts and just um, play along and try to guess. I, you can listen how to how horribly I apparently know or understand my husband and can guess when he's lying or not. <laughs> um, because I, in the beginning, I even say like Jake, our friend Jake was on and I'm like, I think I'm going to, you, you have an unfair advantage. I know all of his stories. And then I end up losing like every single one. So um, I think that one's kind of fun. So you can always give that one a shot or just anything you think is interesting, like movies or books, pick one of those. Yeah, I would there, say. there you go. Um, I uh, and I told you guys, I think I told you guys off mic, but uh, I did uh, enjoy the episode where you had uh, Lanny, you know, a friend of you guys yeah. is on um, because I I used to oh, she's a photographer and I actually um, used to work at a place that uh, did photos. So I did that professionally for for I think like a year. So I was kind of digging some of the insights that she was bringing and also, I think she talked about like some of the uh, like iPhone apps too, right? Like iOS apps. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that was a fun listen for me. Uh, but yeah, I'll definitely include that stuff in the show notes so that way other people uh, can check it out. Um, cool. But uh, for more content on this show, uh, please visit followingfilms.com where you can find other great shows, which uh, you guys are also friends of, but um, Pop Culture Case Study, uh, friend Dave there, uh, True Romance Film Podcast with uh, Hiro and Barry, and also uh, War Machine vs. War Horse with Michael Deniston, who I also host uh, Original Remake with. Um, I also do Back to the Future, the animated series podcast on barrenspace.com, and also mm-hmm. a weekly show with uh, co-host Devin, uh, on courtenparts.com and that show is called We Got Five. So uh, I want to thank you guys again for uh, coming on the show. Yeah, thanks. That yeah, was thanks awesome. so much. That was fun, Peter. All right, and yeah, I would, I would love to have you guys come again and talk more uh, '80s movies and, and nostalgia. Totally. So uh, um, for Joy Sandwich, I'm Peter, and this is Hydrate Level Four. Yeah, boy. Well, he walked up-